I am back just in time for a new Meathead Hippie podcast. This one is so good. The intro, if you guys don't want to listen to my trip about my trip to Alaska, because I have to share it with you, then just keep fast forwarding until you hear her voice. I am interviewing Melanie Ann Lair, who, if you guys, I just have to read her like short bio really fast because you'll understand it. You'll get it. High performance lifestyle coach, luxury brand business coach for the woman who wants it all. And I just was like, yep, check. Because you guys, you guys know I have a lot of things going on. I always make, well, not always, but I say post quite a bit where I'm like, yeah, I do do it all. I wear all the hats. And the people that say focus on one thing, I kind of have to give, uh, you know, those looks. I just have to get used to them because people just don't get it sometimes. And so I really wanted to talk to a business coach who really focuses on that kind of mentality. And it's so cool how she divides it into um, the badass, the boss, and the goddess and kind of creating this, uh, you know, this kind of synchronicity in yourself when all of it is in balance, you can hit that flow state. And I just, I loved it. I love the way she breaks it down. Um, it was my first podcast back after taking that month off. And she was the first one that kind of pushed me into, you know, it's not that you don't want a podcast anymore, which I never didn't want a podcast. It was just, I, I don't want to talk about the same things. And so she had a post that I found through Facebook. It was kind of this rabbit hole I was going through. Long story, I was like, yes, we have to interview. So we took a little bit to get this together. So even though it's older, because I wanted to address, you know, and this is something that I uh, will make sure I always address for regardless. You guys know how much I love all types of people. Well, hopefully, you know, I don't know if that needs to be said, but one thing that I felt like, um, I haven't been tapping into or asking enough questions on, and I hope that you, you guys know that this is not intentional is that anything outside of a heterosexual relationship, you know, I had it with Irene a little bit and I just, I want to make sure that everyone feels taken care of. And so, uh, she was awesome. Melanie was awesome enough to, at the very, very end, to add a piece about if you aren't in a heterosexual relationship. So we talk about the goddess and how you, you know, when you're in a relationship and kind of this dynamic. And I don't talk about relationships a ton. Um, I guess I have been recently, <laughs> recently, but I just wanted to make sure that everyone felt included and taken care of. And so that piece is another piece that's added to the end of this episode. So again, fast forward, I'm about to jump in to my life, I still feel like I'm on a boat. Like seriously, I this is the weirdest feeling. I've never been on a boat for this long. I, I mean, I've been on a boat for one night when I was in the challenge, uh, the MTV, MTV challenge that I did. We were in Thailand and that was the final that I won like five years ago. Forever, I mean, it feels like forever ago. We were there for one night after we won the challenge. We kind of just slept on the boat and then we went home. This was five days on a boat and I just didn't know how I would do. And it was very calm water. I mean, it was, it's in St. Prince William Sound in Alaska, if you guys are familiar. And the, the whole point of this trip was really because my mom, I, I told her, I said, she said, well, you know, what was this? And everyone on the boat's like, how did you find us? La la la. I was like, mom, since I was 12, all I can remember is hearing you say, I, 
I want to go to Alaska. And of course that, you know, as a 12 year old, you're like, Alaska, that sounds incredible. And then you watch Into the Wilds and you're, or, oh, what's that movie with um, Liam Neeson with the wolf where he, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm going to forget where he like fights the wolf at the end of the scene. Anyway, Alaska has always been on my list for so many reasons, but uh, mainly because my mom has always wanted to go. And I just, I was thinking over and over when it was her birthday and I know she's listening to this because, you know, everyone says their mom's the best mom in the world, but really my mom is just the most giving, caring human and just never will put herself first. Oh, I'm going to get a little emotional. So I just was like, mom, if we don't do this now, when are we going to do it? So for her birthday, I found this, um, it was a five day kind of cruise, but it's not a cruise. It was like this amazing little fishing boat. Almost. It used to be a missionary boat a hundred years ago and it fits about 16 people, even though I cannot believe it fits 16 people. (laughs) It's so small, but it was the coolest experience of my life. So they pick us up in Anchorage. We stayed at an Airbnb and then we get on this boat and then you just go wherever the captain takes you. And there was me and my mom and then three other couples uh, they were a little bit older, but they were just so warm and everyone's just full of adventure and just willing to try anything, even jumping into the the water, which was just, it was so awesome. And then they take care of me. And as far as gluten-free, dairy-free, all the meals were gluten-free and dairy-free for me. I mean, they just went above and beyond and they know so much. Like, I, you know, I have this journal, I carry it with me everywhere for business meetings, for, um, you know, my own my own kind of just thoughts. And I'm so grateful that I've been doing this lately because you forget what you think of something and you're like, yeah, of course I thought that. And then you write it down. And then a couple of days later you look at it and you're like, oh my God, I would have forgotten that. And so I just, I just kept writing and I kept reading and I just even attempted drawing, which is just so crazy. I just was like, what is this experience? And I guess the biggest takeaway outside of these beautiful pictures, which I'll share on Instagram and Facebook and outside of just disconnecting, you know, which you guys know I don't do. Like I, I haven't taken time off internet for over four years, I feel like, because it's just, how do I do that? I really am running, I'm attempting to open my fifth business and each one is operating in its own way. And it's not just all clumped together. It's each blah, 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 blah. Can you tell I'm on catch-up mode with those four businesses? But I couldn't even get over how, you know, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was creating things out of necessity for my soul and for my being without any noise, not creating to just survive, to create more so that I could fund things, Uh, you know, and not to get too much into this, but I refuse to take any investors or take any debt. And so everything that I've been able to create so far has been self-funded. And that goes for every single business. And that is really just something that I care so much about. And I don't talk about it a lot because I don't, you know, it's, it's not needed. It's more internal. And if there's a time where that changes and I'm ready for it when it, if it's right, but it hasn't been right. And so it's something that, just explains this necessity of if I do not create, I will not be able to continue. And so I'm always creating in a sense of, okay, 
I see this purchase orders coming. Therefore, I need to kind of figure out how to fill in the gaps. And I love that because it keeps me on my toes and it's almost this adrenaline rush, but it's also coming out of survival. If you think about why I'm creating, it's because it's a necessity. And so I feel like on day four, I hit this really big, I don't know, it felt like just a, an opening of like, I am creating because I can, because that's who I am. And I don't have anything to think about. I'm not stressed about money or funding. I'm just in a beautiful place on a boat with my mom, drinking some freaking anxiety release tea with my tea straw. (laughs) And I'm just so happy. I mean, we saw porpoises, which are very different than dolphins. So doll porpoises, they have the cutest little face, like this little munchy face, but they swim just like dolphins and they're just so cool. Um, We saw a whale just feeding so much, like he just couldn't stop eating, just so happy because they released over 120 million baby salmons. So there's this, I am so going on tangents. I Remember, fast forward if you want to get to Melanie. But what's really interesting is Alaska has written in their constitution that they have to maintain salmon levels at all costs. Like the original levels of salmon that live in their waters cannot decline because it's such an essential piece of their economic ultimately it's their main source of income. I mean, it says it's the third source, but it's like when you look at the lifestyle and who they are as a culture, it's just based around salmon. You know, oil is oil, but it's just really so cool to watch these fishermen take on these nets and catch these nets and wait for it. And it's just so fascinating because if those decline, then they'll create their own hatcheries. So they take, they take eggs, they take, um, you know, they just spin it in these five gallon buckets and then they make these places, these little breeding grounds, which we got to kayak to of over 170 million, you know, they wait till they grow. And then as soon as they're just old enough and they released them right before we got there and about 120 million of them make it out of there. And then they just go and that's what repopulates the salmon population. So it's this really fascinating way of seeing how much they take care of their wildlife. But then anyway, I can't remember the tangent that I went on, but (laughs) we saw, we saw salmon, little baby ones. They're not quite grown up yet. Um, we saw a baby bear. We saw some moose, uh, when we were on the boat, we actually got off and hiked at all these places. So there's no itinerary because it's really about the weather and it's about where you go. So if you go into Prince William Sound is massive. I can't even remember the mileage of the coastal mileage, but if you look, there's inlets. It's all these like big, huge inlets that go to a glacier and then it comes back out into more nature, wildlife, grasslands. But every single little inlet is different. Their wildlife is different. The, the hikes were, each hike was different. It was different wildlife. It was different flowers. It was different herbs. It looked different. It felt different. And you were maybe, you know, 15 miles away from the last hike. And so it just was fascinating to see just so much untouched earth. And when you got off on the, you know, you get on off the big boat to this little boat, And then you get off and do the hike. And it was just incredible because you don't have a trail. It was like, here you go, go hike, go wander. And it just really made me understand like, oh my God, like what it's like to be wild and not have, and, and just go with nature and be so connected with nature that 
your schedule depends on it. Your hikes depend on it. Your, you know, and, and also for them to see the change that's happened over the last five years, 10 years. And so what's interesting is most of the glaciers have retreated drastically. There was even a glacier that actually was under a rock. So like if you think of all the sediment that went over a giant piece of ice, basically, but then as that glacier melts, so does these, like it creates all these sinkholes. So a place where they used to hike now has these hundred foot sinkholes because it was based on ice. And so that was really cool to see. There was one or two, actually there's two glaciers that were actually expanding. And so kind of the way that the, the undershelf of the ocean was pushing it back up, it had actually expanded. But when we would sit in front of the glacier, which you have to be careful, just massive chunks. I mean, chunks the size of my condo building just coming off. And it sounded like thunderstorms and fireworks and just like, and it crackling and all these sea otters and all these seals. I mean, sea seals and sea otters, if you, if you get too close, they, they hate humans, which I would hate humans too, considering what we used to do to these guys. But if a glacier 20 feet away drops off and it creates this huge tidal wave, they don't give a shit. They just sit there chilling with their babies. Oh, they just had babies like six weeks ago. Um, so there's all these little cubs anyway. Okay. That's my Alaska tangent. I'm trying to think of anything that I missed. Cause I know a lot of you guys asked. So I just, it was incredible. I want, I'm already planning my next adventure. I think I'm going to try to go, go to Jackson hole, but, um, I really just wanted to be there forever. And I still feel like I'm on a boat. I'm kind of curious if this vertigo <laughs> goes away. It's not bad. It's kind of fun. It's like, Ooh, I I'm just expecting things to rock. You know, when you jump on a trampoline and you get off the trampoline <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, it's been like that for three days now. So it's, it's kind of funny. Um, what else? I, was there anything else that I wanted to make sure I told you guys? I think that's it. If you guys have more questions, please ask. I am, uh, the DMS on my Instagram are a great place, or you can just email them in, um, discovery voyages. And I, I'm, you know, it's such this, these guys are incredible. It's such a small, cute boat and it was definitely a more expensive trip, but it, I mean, it was a trip of a lifetime. I am so grateful that my mom and I got to do it. Um, I kind of wanted to just address how coming back, I am so sad about Anthony Bourdain. Um, I can't, I can't really wrap my mind around it. He's one of my favorite humans and, uh, it just really broke my heart. I just wanted to say like, you've got to find connection outside of social and networking and Facebook, like just really make those trips happen with the people in your life. Go visit them. I don't know if this is any, I just think it's going to speak to somebody. Just call somebody, connect with somebody, get off of social media and stop comparing your life <laughs> to those who are on social media because we never know the full story. And I just, I really, really am heartbroken about that. Um, and you know, just some great, we have some great stuff for the rest of the year. As I said, I was creating and writing, writing in this book. I wish I could just show you this notebook that I have. It's just word vomit <laughs> all over it, but I am so stoked just for my own kind of things that are going on. The body awareness project.com is done. We've 
perfected it. It looks so good. We're working on part two. Part one is all about acne and skin. Part two is going to be about the adrenals and circadian rhythms and stress. It's going to be the most comprehensive program I've ever put together, and I cannot wait to share with you. But you can get on the email list for when it launches. If you go to thebodyawarenessproject.com, just take a look because I spent a lot of time with my designer perfecting it, and I'm really proud of it. And then also uh, the newest six-week strength program, Ass and Abs, has launched. And I I think this might be our best program. Um, Wade and I have so much fun creating things for you guys. And uh, Wade, if you guys don't know, is the head coach at Platform Strength. So we created a new program. It's still six weeks, three times a week, focusing on core and glutes. And I mean, it's it's no joke. We are using a new platform because no pun intended, because eventually with Platform Strength, when we are open and live, we're going to have online programming so you can follow along with the gym, et cetera. We We were dabbling in a bunch of different programs and we finally settled on FitBot. And so we're testing out FitBot with this new program and you guys, oh, it is you guys are killing it. If you guys tag us in videos, we have some get, um, you'll have an email coming out today. And it's, if you're in the program, we want to give away some glute bridge or glute bands, the ones that were in the travel essential box, because we just want to see you guys doing these workouts. So again, lots of amazing things happening as always, but I just, I wanted to share with Alaska, my Alaska experience and just guys, if not now, then when? Okay. Enjoy my podcast with Melanie. Have a great day. I'm so happy to be back and um, I'll post another series of pictures and and then I'll stop talking about Alaska. (laughs) I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. This is so fun because, Melanie, I know I said this on a Facebook message, but I really was just uninspired. And something you came up through my dear friend, Dr. Rachel Yan, who I have done so many things with, and she just raved about you. And I was like, yes, Meathead Hippie <laughs> Podcaster. I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I'm so happy. So uh, just a little bit of background. I know that you have a lot of really amazing things going on specifically for women, and we'll get it all into empowerment and the alpha and all the great things that I know that really spoke to Dr. Rachel, but, uh, let's talk about, I guess the intro to you and how Dr. Rachel knew you. Cause I, most of my listeners know Dr. Rachel. She was on our podcast. Um, she's just somebody that we've worked together so much. And for her to speak that highly of you means that something clicked really well. So what was your guys's encounter? And that will just open up to really what you do. So it's actually shocking that when I realized how I met her, it makes you realize, it makes me realize that there's never an opportunity in life that is expect. Like there's so many things you could have that can happen to you that you don't expect. You can wonder, where am I going to meet the next guy? Where am I going to meet the next client? And then all of a sudden this opportunity comes, you never thought would be the way and it's the way. So here's what happens. I register for Tony Robbins business mastery in, La- in Las Vegas. 
And I go and Tony asks a question. This was three years ago at this point. And his question was, who here does not think that they're sexy? Like who would not think that they're a sexy person? So I raised my hand because that's definitely not a word I would have ever used to express myself, especially not back then. So I raised my hand and he calls on me. And I immediately regret everything, every thought, every, like, why did I raise my hand? This was the worst idea on the face of the planet. Why did I raise my hand? So I'm sitting there and he's coming towards me and he's like, you, and I'm just like, I know it's me. I'm playing dumb. I'm pretending it's not me. And he's walking towards me and I feel like I'm going to die because now I'm going to have to express in front of a room with thousands of people in it. Why? I don't believe I'm sexy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm clutching onto my notebook. I'm standing up there shaking in my space boots. We go through this entire interaction and something shifted for me in that interaction because he asked me this question. He said, do you have all the evidence in the world to support the fact that it's true that you're not sexy? I was like, no. He was like, could you prove it in the court of law? Would it be like an undisputable fact? I was like, no. I was like, okay. At this point, I was running my business almost like the invisible coach at that point. Like I, I was doing everything offline. And he was like, so I never got much online significance. And he said, anybody here who believes this woman is sexy, applaud. <laughs> and the, obviously, like people just went a, bit, a little crazy. And I just got a surge of confidence and of how crazy stupid is it that I would walk around this world thinking that I'm not sexy. What does sexy even mean? It's an essence. It's a thing. So that really shifted me. But Rachel was in the audience. <laughs> no way. I remember her going to this three years ago because I was working with yes. her. I was her client. Oh my God. <laughs> so, awesome. so she's in the audience. And of course, after this happens, I got like an influx of friend requests. The girl who was on the big screen with Tony Robbins. So I never thought anything of it. She was just someone who's, you know, someone that went to business mastery. Well, a few months ago, she kind of emerged when I was selling one of my femme fatale programs. And I was like, you know what? I think I, I would like to do this. And I didn't quite realize where I had met her. She knew where she'd met me, but I, I didn't quite know. I, it never registered. That's where I met her. Mm -hmm. And now she's in another one of my programs and all these things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, three years ago, I was a little shy, terrified person that went to a Tony Robbins event, literally got my perspective on life cracked open. Someone witnessed it in the audience has been watching ever since and then went, you know what? I want to work with this woman. So it was like a seed that was planted in the universe three, three years ago and it's blossoming and I'm so excited about it. I love it. And that's just really who you are. I mean, you're all about teaching people. So I just now am familiar with your work because this happened like a week ago. So you really did propel me into, uh, well, one, you affirmed, you were kind of like, yes, stop doing things that don't inspire you. I'm like, oh God, I love her already. And then two, <laughs> two, I was just like, okay, doing my little research, getting my podcast notes ready. Um, just, you know, for, you know, it's like the easiest research ever, but I just thought the best <laughs> thing would be just to hear you speak to people. So I jumped into your Facebook live and something just resonated so strongly with me. So I think this is a great place to start. I, oh. I just love this so much. You said, my work is who I am, not what I do. And yeah. uh, I just, it's so true. Cause when you're in that flow state and you're creating things, it, you could, I always say this, it's, 
the things and the amount of things on my plate should put me in complete and utter adrenal exhaustion, but I'm not. I'm like euphoric and excited and I feel so good and in line, but there's so many times that that can tip over and it's always because it's not, it's not who I am or it's something that I'm forcing myself to do that really isn't mine to do. And so when you said that, it just made so much sense. So I would love to know, have you always felt that? Like was even when the Tony Robbins thing, have you always felt like your work is who you were? How did you even find your work? Let's just, maybe let's just start. I'm sorry. This is all over. Let's just start with <laughs> I love that so much. what you actually oh, do. Yeah. What do you actually do? And what is your work and who are you through that work? Okay. So I will start by saying that absolutely not. It has not always been who I am because I actually had to go through a time in my life where I lost everything before I understood who I was. Um, I have had an ease with making money. I think it was because my dad is an entrepreneur and he's always been, you know, in making his own money. He never had a job. He make his own money. And I would make, I would watch him come home with like wads of cash and be like one day, I will have wads of cash with an elastic band. That is amazing. Um, but at, when I was about 12, my, my dad went bankrupt. And I just remember the, like, the feeling of stress because we'd always been extraordinarily abundant. Like there was just no problem at all. And he actually crashed at his peak. So we were in such a good place. We were living in a mansion. And he literally came to me. He was like, look, uh, we've got a problem. And I'm going to need I'm gonna need your help. Um. And I had to give him the money I had in my piggy bank. And I just remember the fear that, that I felt because he said, you know, don't tell your mom. I'm going to figure this out. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't good. This is all bad. This is so bad. So I just remember that feeling in my heart. And I, I started a business at that point. I was a um, just a young girl going to a private school. But what I did is I started a business helping kids finish their, their homework before their parents picked them up from school. So I charged like $50 per kid per week and built a, a side business that was pretty pretty lucrative and help my parents out of bankruptcy. So I started my first business when I was 12, but it wasn't for me. And I, I didn't understand the value of money. Really. I just knew it was helping out. Yeah. And as soon as everything got restored, I was just back to being, you know, a normal kid. I, I've always been, when I was a kid, I, my, I think my parents thought I was going to be a prodigy of some sort, like so smart, so amazing. And in my teenage years, I just went through this phase of like, I am so mad at everything. Life is unfair. I was watching my little brother and little sister have privileges that I did not have because of our situation and being very jealous. And it took me into a pretty dark place. I didn't graduate high school. I messed up in the end. And I wanted to be a cook. My parents are like, that is not a job. You're supposed to be a doctor or something. No. And I just, just quit everything. I ran away from home, moved out and had a couple of years where I was literally a disaster dating all the wrong guys, trying to fix them, making them my project. And just lost myself completely. But the one thing I was always very good at was sales. So anytime I'd have a sales job, it'd be the best. I became very significance driven because of that. So I just it really enjoyed sales. It was like this euphoria feeling every time someone said yes, and I could handle the nose. I just was good at the nose. But then I got overconfident. And I got into a job that was 100% commission. And I became the best in the industry. I was doing live infomercials in stores and selling things from a, from a booth and just like making, making stupid money. Like I'd make two, three grand a day. I was 20. It was stupid, stupid, stupid money, but I was so good at it. And I had this boyfriend that I just couldn't quite motivate. 
and I wanted him to be successful. I want us to just, I want, I wanted us both to be successful. He wasn't there and I was trying to pull him. And anyway, I, I managed to make him the manager of that company. And then when I was 25, I realized this is the wrong relationship I've been in for almost seven years. I got to go. I, when I left him, he fired me. So then I'm living out of my car because I lose my, all my money on my apartment, all, like everything I had, I could not afford it anymore and went bankrupt and was living in my car. So that was kind of like my ultimate low of life. I was just 25. I'm not, it's not like I'm ever going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. I'm too old. Uh, as crazy as that sounds now, I'm too old. I've messed up. I, I'm broke. I'm bankrupt. No credit. Like there's just no way I'm ever going to get out of this. And a series of, I would say, divine intervention moments in my life that seemed like they were actually making my situation worse. But now in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was like I was being divinely guided somehow. It guided me to learning about relationships and taking responsibility for having bad relationships. I'd wanted to blame everybody, my parents for being this way and my siblings for having more and my ex for being this. And I I found coaching where you're supposed to take responsibility for your life. And it really annoyed me at first because then I had to realize I, I was responsible for most of it. And I did not like that one bit. There's no but, one to blame, right? The blame <laughs> is gone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like I was just, it was just me, the inside of my car and all the realization of the world. Yeah. And I, I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this? And how do I even apologize? Do I apologize? What do I even know where to go from here? This is awful. But I, I went into a phase of like hunger for information. Like I need to learn more about this. And I was just doing so much research. And I found that, in fact, not many women are ever taught how to be in a relationship ever. Like you're a little girl. There's rules. There's things you must never say. You must never do. You must never touch. And all of a sudden, it's like you're meant to have kids. You're meant to know how to be emotionally intelligent and handle a, a grown up re relationship with a man, like how does, where does the transition occur and who teaches us how to do that? What, where does the line in the sand from sexuality being taboo to it being, if it's not happening, there's a problem in your relationship or there's a problem in your marriage. Where does that line ever get crossed? Who teaches us how to navigate that? So I just realized that I had no clue what I was doing in relationships. I was trying to be the boss of everything, emasculating the men I was with, trying to be the boss of all the things. And then they would stop being romantic. And then I'd be mad at them for that and give them a hard time. And then our sex life would go down the drain. And then it was just a perpetual disaster that I would have kept perpetuating unless I, I learned what I learned. So what was all the, of a sudden, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm curious what that defining factor was that made you look and look straight at yourself. Cause that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. Well, I, I realized there was a pattern in all my relationships. They were all ending the same way. Hmm. I was choosing the same kind of guy. And then I was wanting to do, I was trying to get them to be the same kind of guy. And then they were turning into the same kind of guy. And it just, you know, they, it's not like they were like that when I met them, they all had a different beginning, but all the same type of guy, but just different. So they looked different in the moment. So it was like, this one is not the same. This is different. But then they were not different. But in fact, in fact, I was creating them to be all the same because I was treating them the same. And they all had the same response mechanism. So what I realized is women have a response mechanism and so do men. And that's why on average, the issue is that when a relationship ends poorly, the woman says the guy is an a-hole, a jerk who never listened. And the guy says she was nuts 
<laughs> She's crazy. He has a crazy ex and she has an a-hole. Every single relationship that ends bad, that's the dynamic. Why? Because she has zero emotional intelligence, which appear to him, appears to him as being crazy. And when she's trying to express her emotions in the poorest way possible, because she has no clue what she's doing, and it comes out like she's crazy, but really she's pouring her heart out and it seems to make perfect sense to her. Well, he doesn't know how to respond to that. And he appears like he's a jerk when in fact he's completely confused and he thinks she's nuts. <laughs> how do you break the cycle? Well, this is the thing. I'm like, we need, I need to break the cycle. This is a problem. <laughs> this is not good. Why am I doing this? How do I stop doing this? And it was months of research, honestly, like going down wormholes. Like I would, I would understand one thing and then something wouldn't make sense. And I look down that and I realized we have different hormones. Like men and women have different hormones that create them to be different ways. Like men are testosterone driven and women have a hormone as well that makes them happy, that makes them like powerful. And when asked, most women would think that's estrogen and it's not. The happy hormone for a woman is oxytocin. We don't even know about that. Why is it that I'm a female and I know what testosterone is, but I've never heard of oxytocin? If it's the hormone that literally steers my happiness. So I got a little frustrated. Like, who was meant to teach me this? <laughs> like, I could be mad at my mom, except I'm pretty freaking sure she doesn't know what this stuff is. <laughs> you know, I could be mad at my grandma, but I sure as heck know she didn't know what this is. So who's going to teach me my, my teacher, my divorced teacher who that, that had a hard time. And that, so we're all just winging it. I thought, what a disaster. No wonder the world's falling apart with relationships. We're all winging it. And then we're teaching our mediocre ways to whoever's crazy enough to ask for advice. I have, I had friends giving me advice during my breakup that were in the worst relationships in the world. They were giving me advice, unsolicited advice. Like this is what you've got to do you have got to find another guy right now and you've got to make him jealous or this is what you've got to do. You've got to go. You've got to, you've got to make your body look this way and you've got to make yourself look this way. And you're going to make him jealous and you're going to make him regret it. Like all these crazy things that are now I look at it like such devaluing things. Like it's because you weren't good enough. Make yourself better. He'll come back. Yeah. And I just thought there's got to be another way. So I really did. I, I, I made it my life mission. I said, I will never be in a committed relationship again, unless I understand this stuff. And, um, one of the big things that I learned was that if you don't take care of yourself, and I know this is like the biggest cliche in the world, but if you don't take care of yourself, you're setting a standard that you don't need taking care of. So people who say, love yourself first, like how can you love another person unless you love yourself? What it really means is if I treat myself poorly and I constantly say, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't express my emotions until I blow up. I'm going to break everything. So how to express my emotions, how to be able to tell a guy, I feel uncomfortable. That feels great. I feel happy. You know, I feel tired. I feel sad. Like, what are my feelings? What do I feel? Because I didn't I have no idea. I would just think, I think that you don't like me anymore because it, you've been doing this and you've been doing that instead of I'm feeling disconnected, like making everything about him. So I literally became as far as I'm concerned, I'm a self-proclaimed world expert. Like there's probably no one in the planet that's ever spent so much time researching information the way I did. And for my own, for my own reasoning, like I wanted to fix it for myself. And all of a sudden I had friends start to call me law of attraction and be like, 
oh my God, the like the worst things happening in my relationship. This is happening. This is happening. So I, I was like, I actually have advice. Do you want it? And they were like, yes. And then I'd give them this advice and it would turn the whole situation around. And they were like, what on earth is happening? Like that is that I've never had a response like that. He changed immediately. I can't believe this. How did you know how to do that? And I was like, I've just been doing research. And one of my friends said, you should be a coach. I was like, what's a coach? (laughs) I Googled it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm living out of my car and these people are making up to $3,000 an hour. What the heck? Why am I not a coach? So I said, I could be a coach, but I'm living in my car. So I don't really feel like I want to be publishing it anywhere. So I called all my friends, the ones who had taken advice from me. And I said, I've started a business called The Invisible Coach. And it's basically a relationship coaching business. If you know anyone who's struggling in their relationships and they're willing to pay $100 an hour, that's what I was charging. You give them my PayPal. You give me their phone number. And... I'll, I'll call them and we'll set up an appointment. And it just started happening. Referral after referral, after referral, after referral. And I built a six figure business starting living in my car. I love it. (laughs) So I wasn't always, I wasn't always that I was the opposite of that, but those teachings changed my life. So then I became more financially abundant and people started noticing that my situation had like kind of changed. I was meeting new people. And I had a few people be like, could you teach me how to become a coach? And I was like, well, I could teach you how to make, I could teach you to do what I've done. So I started having people hire me for that. And then I started speaking and, and speaking for businesses in dental offices and dental conventions and sales conventions. And people would hire me to talk about how relationships are so important in the world workplace and how to create relationships in order to make sales. And then Facebook Live appeared in my life. And I've just basically always taught what saved me. And when I say my business is not what I do, it's who I am. It's because there's nothing I teach that I don't master. And there's nothing that I don't master that I don't teach. There's nothing I master that I don't teach. Like everything's transparent. And I want to take as many people as I can with me without them having to lose everything the way I did. Yeah. I relate to that on so many levels. It's so interesting how, you know, in a totally different, I definitely need to hire you for some relationship advice, but for the other piece of it for business, <laughs> um, anything that I have created, it's because it's my own um, something that I've had to figure out on my own and it sucked and it took, you know, all the wrong advice and then some of the right advice and then a lot of trial and error. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful way of you're fully doing what you're supposed to be doing because you can feel yeah. it. You can feel it inside when you're speaking, when you're, you're in that flow, there's just no better feeling. Um, I love that. What, what would you say, I guess, just to finalize with the relationship piece, what's like the biggest, if anyone's listening or myself who is having some relationship issues, what would be like the first, if there like one overarching common theme, if we had like one final takeaway before we move to the business side of things? Yes. So this is, this is the most important part. We forget that the man that we want in our life is also a person. We're so confused. Like we're so focused on the fact that we want the perfect guy and he needs to be smart and financially secure and emotionally stable and all like this live this list of what he needs to be. But what we never ask ourselves is this guy who's probably single, if he's looking for, for a woman, who is he wishing for? Is he wishing for any guy that chases men around and will literally go for scraps and then try to change the guy? Is she going to go? Is he, 
hoping for a woman who's going to tell him she's in love with him and then try to change him immediately and get mad at him for every quirk he has? Is, is he wishing and praying for a woman who won't laugh at his jokes and will tell him to be quiet in public and that she's embar- he's embarrassing her? Is, is he wishing for, you know, what's he wishing for? Because there's a lot of things we do that we don't realize. That's his life. So my realization was when I end up finding the man of my dreams, I want, if I were ever a fly on the wall and someone were to ask him, how, how's your relationship? I would want him to say, I have never been happier in all of my life. I've met a woman that makes me feel like I could take over the world. So before you ever meet the man that you have on your list, make sure you're working towards being the woman he's got on his compassionate, calm, emotionally intelligent, able to have a discussion without threatening to leave. Fair. Not like I've got 10 million guy friends and that's okay, but you have one female friend, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) You know? Yep, totally. I expect you to be on time. And if you tell me you're going to be here at seven and you show up at eight o'clock, I'm sorry, but the dinner's in the trash and there is no date. But if you tell him he'll be ready at seven, it's eight o'clock, he's still in the car while you're putting your mascara on double standards just won't work. Who are you going to be in this relationship? So romance yourself first and find out what you want. Mm, And before I met my man, I would, I would literally, whenever I stayed in a hotel room, I would go, I would get myself a coffee and then I would get back into bed with my coffee and just imagine like one day I will have a man. He will bring me coffee to bed. I would snuggle myself in the morning. Like I'd put my arm around my waist and my other arm around like around my neck and stroke my, my cheek with my thumb and and wake myself up gently. And I was like, this will be my wake up every day. Like I actually treated myself that way. Long bubble baths, beautiful walks. I'd take myself on dates and sit in beautiful places. And I just thought this, I need to make sure that I'm happy enough by myself that when I meet the right guy, it feels like an upgrade. Yeah. Because when you don't take care of yourself, he comes in and you might as well. You know, he, he, he could be anybody. He's an upgrade because you're lonely and you're sad and you would never do anything for yourself. Now, all of a sudden, you've got butterflies. It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it is. Oh, for the OK, let's switch gears because this is something that I think I struggle with. And I've talked about this a lot um, with, you know, various people who are in the same role of female entrepreneur. Go, 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 go getter. Uh, this kind of alpha mentality. And I've always said that, uh, and I love that this is one of your programs. So I'm really excited to talk through this. So for me and for people that are also, we're just going and this is our job and our job is who we are and vice versa. And there's just no stopping us. Um, Sometimes there is stopping us, but whatever it is, that personality that has gotten us to where we are today there, there tends to be more testosterone in those females. Have you, yes. And for that, um, what is a way to kind of help balance that in a way that makes sense for the relationship, but also for the job so that you can take care of yourself? Because sometimes we forget that just because all we can focus on is that testosterone driven brain of (laughs) get things done, check, check, check. Yes. So I am at the core, one of those testosterone driven women. I'm one of those, let's get stuff done. Let's get the results. But the fact is results, like if you succeed in that energy, you're never exactly happy because you're always waiting for the next result. And you're always afraid if you stop for a second, it's going to fail and it's going to drop and you're going to lose it. So 
Yeah. It works to create short-term short-term results, but it actually does not create long-term joy. So I've created what I call trifecta coaching, and it's what Alpha Femme is based on. So Alpha Femme is my brand. The trifecta coaching is that I have found that in order to truly feel happy in your life, there are three things that are important. Your mindset, your business, and your relationship. And there are three parts of you, three identities, like three very clear identities that run your life, your boss, your badass, and your goddess. Mm. Now, when you're a badass and you get things done and you're always busy and you get, you know, you're the one, you get stuff done. People know, don't mess with you, right? It's this toughness. It's attractive and it's fun, but it's got a limit. And a lot of times people will not give to you much when you're in that energy. They'll take from you a lot. So a lot of the badass women that I know feel a little resentful at how how much people take advantage. But the fact is we're walking around going, I got this. I'm good. I don't need a rest. I don't need a drink. I don't even need a pee. I have time. I can do everything. Like I've got this, right? And people are just like, well, you've clearly got this. So you're fine. And they're giving help and presents and love and gifts and all the things to the goddess, the one who's like, la, 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 la. And we're like, you need to, you need to do something with yourself, woman. You need to do something because I'm working my butt off here. No one's giving me handouts. How is this happening? Right? Yeah. So the badass is the one who makes things happen in your life. She's the one who, who has a strong word and who has integrity and who will get up early because she's got things to do. Now the boss is the one who makes money. So I know women who are very badass and also very broke. They look like rock stars on social media. They post all the time. They've got all these amazing messages. They go live on Facebook. They're brilliant. They're completely broke because their their boss is out of alignment. Mm -hmm. But the most important part of the triangles, my brand is a triangle off of them. The bottom line, so there's like three lines that form a triangle. The bottom line is the goddess and everything stems from her. And we've been taught throughout our life that that goddess is a little weak. She's the mushy one. She's the one that cries at sentimental movies. She's the one who cares what people think. So she gets the bad rep. Like we can't bring the goddess into the workplace and we can't bring the goddess into, we don't have time for that. You know, she's, she's sitting in circles singing Kumbaya. We've got money to make and things to do. and We don't have time for that. The fact is though, this goddess is our emotional intelligence. And when a man falls in love, he falls in love with your goddess. And even when he falls in love with your badassery, what he's falling in love with is your strength. And that is a trait from the goddess that shines and makes it possible for you to be a badass. If he's blown away by how how successful you are, he's also blown away by your discipline and hard work, which also stems from the goddess. So your emotional intelligence as a woman, that magic, that lust that men feel for women, like I can't get enough of her and I can't stop thinking about her. It's definitely not a logical thing. It's a feeling, but men, when they're in their super high level testosterone, I'm just meeting you and I'm schmoozing and giving you the eyes, they unleash the oxytocin in like extraordinarily high levels in our system. So we we're in total goddess mode. When they meet us, we smile, we're happy. They make us laugh and giggle and all the fun things. And then eventually the boss, the badass and the boss take over and the magic fades and then we're left with a, you used to be funny, you used to be romantic kind of relationship. Mm, yeah. So the, the magic 
of a woman and the power of the alpha femme is a woman who can lead herself in all the areas that she is and understand which part of her needs to handle what part of her life. So a lot of women are bringing the goddess to the badass realm. So it's time to get up. You've got things to do, but you're like, oh, but I'm so cozy. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You can't get up, right? Yeah. They're trying to they're trying to bring the boss in their relationship, bossing their partner around. Like you can be the boss at your work, but he does not need another person telling him what to do, especially if his testosterone levels need to be kept high. You should be in receiving mode when you're at home, feeling happy, knowing how to disconnect from the work and the badass. There needs to be space. So this is the biggest thing. My my man and I, his, he runs the Effortless Alpha Protocol, the masculine expansion, and he's all about helping men really come into their power, especially around high-powered women. Because I think the issue right now is there's a consensus that high-powered women scare men. <laughs> and it's a lie. I it's not that, that we scare yeah. them. You you agree it's a lie or agree. you agree that... No, it's a, I agree it's a lie. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> because what happens is they're not afraid of our success. They don't want to be another person we boss around. Yeah. I and unfortunately... That. I have to say this. Bradford is like, Emily, I <laughs> I love you, <laughs> but remember, I'm I'm not your assistant. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yes. Oh, shit. Ah! I'm sorry. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. uh, it's just you just get in that mode, and it, so that's why. So when you're juggling all this, like, how do you? Because there is no. I guess this is just selfishly my own advice, or for somebody that maybe I I do work at home a lot. There really is. I mean, there are definitely designated off times, but um, do you talk about? I mean, do you have? I just see myself juggling three balls and all of it falling apart. Like, do you have days where there's two days of being boss and a day of being badass and then there's a couple days of goddess that try to like I think for me I almost need to like front load the goddess because that's always going to take <laughs> at least right now it's like I can't even imagine doing all three in one day and I guess that's what well, I gotta learn that is exactly what you gotta <laughs> learn because once you're able to integrate them you'll you'll just know it'll be like when do I use my hands versus my feet yeah yeah when you understand how it doesn't work to try to cook a meal with your feet and how it doesn't work to walk downtown on your hands, like you don't need to question it too often after that. Mm. You know, it's like a baby when they're crawling, they use everything. They're all confused. They're trying to walk on their hands and shuffle on their butt. And they have no idea what we're do they're doing. Well, and a woman who's out of emotional alignment and then does not understand her emotions is literally a baby in the world. Mm. What are some of the just biggest nothing signs? works. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. What are the biggest signs for somebody that's emotionally out of alignment that you see? The biggest one is you're afraid to be emotional. You, you immediately fear you're going to cry. You immediately fear you're going to get upset. If there's like, you don't like conflict, you get very, very uncomfortable around conflict. Um, like anything that that will you don't if you don't want to feel like you will hold yourself back from doing something in your business out of fear that it fails. That is it, that means you're not aligned in your emotions because the only time in our life where it's okay to not do something because you're scared is when you're five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and even then, once your parents have come into the room and they've said there's nothing under the bed, you've got to go to sleep. We still listen. 
as a grown person, we're like, you're not going to die if you do a Facebook Live. Just like, go for it. People are like, no, I just can't. <laughs> you know, you're going to be okay if you just, ch- just stop doing your work for free. Just charge something. I can't do it. I can't. I promise it's going to be okay. No, I can't do it. Please don't make me. So we're, we're leading our lives like a five-year-old out scared of things. We're afraid of our fear. We're afraid of feeling bad feelings. And, and it's so crazy because when you think about it, you know, we'll rent movies that make us cry. You'll watch the note. You'll binge watch the notebook with Kleenex. Cause you know, it only watch it only lasts an hour, but God forbid something sad happens in your life. You, you're like, why is this happening to me? It's the end of the world. Sadness is just an emotion. How are you handling it in your life when you're afraid that will let you know if you're in or out of emotional alignment. This is good. I really like good. this. <laughs> uh, what are the ways that you, I guess, because I, I feel like I got the boss and badass part pretty digging girl. <laughs> so good. Uh, with the goddess piece, what are your own personal ways that you, if you're having a hard time tapping into it, or maybe you don't have a hard time tapping into it, but have talked to people that uh, it's just because it almost feels somewhat selfish at sometimes for so many clients that I know of like, I sit down and I talk to them and I'm like, okay, so I got your food log. I got your workout program. What do you do that makes you happy? That's not in the gym. And it's just mm-hmm. silence. Like, uh, I mean, I, you know, I guess this, or maybe this, well, do you do that? And then they're like, no. <laughs> so, so it's, I do think like hobby, is it more of a hobby thing? Is it an action thing or is it more of a mentality thing? So this is, I think, exactly what I mean when I say my work is not what I do, it's who I am. So your boss is who you are, your badass is who you are, and your goddess is who you are. So sure, there's things you can do that highlight one of them more, but at the end of the day, you're all three of them. So who I am in my business also has the goddess in there. When you're, when you're a badass, when you're in your boss mode and you've got a client that's falling behind on something, either their payments or they're, they're, they're not doing the work and you've got to tell them that they're not, they're not showing up for themselves. How does that feel when you've got to do that? For me? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like it because I think they're not used to it. So it's a really good that's a hard question for me. I think if they are not showing up for themselves, I think I'm the first person that if they're there and they're already open and vulnerable, it feels like a really a really beautiful place of, I can make some serious change in this moment if I do this correctly. Yes. And has it ever happened that it wasn't done correctly and the person like flipped? Definitely over. So in person, it's always a little bit easier because you can feel somebody but definitely over email or any sort of communication, even on some Instagram stuff, it's very easy for it to feel um, like what I said that was meant to help was not taken or received in the way that they, that I wanted it to be received. Perfect. So even in our businesses, there's moments where the goddess needs to be there. There's going to be times where you feel super guilty, like, oh my gosh, this person got really upset because I said this. And now I'm mad at myself. Like any woman who's ever beat herself up for a mistake she's made. Any woman who says mean things about the way she looks and thinks that there's things she can't do because of it. Any woman who 
feel, you know, guilty or ashamed or bad about bringing up something in her business out of fear that the person is going to take it poorly and quit and leave and all these things. That's all goddess out of alignment. So what I found is when I work with my clients on, on this trifecta coaching, because we work on their business and obviously, you know, since the relationship coaching, uh, it didn't pay quite as much as the business coaching. And I kind of fell in love with business coaching. And after Tony Robbins really went more into a business, that's why I'd been to business mastery. And for the past three years, I've been more of a business coach. And then this past year, I integrated the, all three because I realized you cannot run a successful business as a woman. If you do not have your goddess under control, you can let, you can have a successful business, but it will be nothing compared to your potential. Like my, what I learned when I integrated all three, what I'm doing now, it's two universes apart. And my clients are like going from making $2,000 a month to $30,000 a month in, in like way too fast for it to make any sense. Like something quantum shifts, like there is, there's compounded results. It's like, it just keeps going faster and faster and faster when everything is in alignment, but it's something you've got to feel in your body. Yes. There's things you can do to bring yourself back. You know, oxytocin is something you feel when you're experiencing pleasure. So it's in the way that you eat. It's in the way that you move. It's in the way that you use your senses, that you breathe, that you smell, that you taste, that you touch. It's in the way you make love. It's in the way you have an orgasm. It's in the way you're not in your head and you're, you're in your body. It's in the way that you experience life. It's in the way that you get present, that life's short and you're living and you're alive and it's a miracle. It's in, it's in living a life that's charged and alive and, and conscious that it's temporary when you become that kind of woman, people are drawn to you automatically. Men are, women are, it becomes effortless to do things because you have something people don't have. You have the it that everyone's secretly craving inside, which is this joy of life. And the boss and the badass run after that their entire life. If they never uncover the, the goddess, I think when they make more money, when they look a certain way, when they've got this, when they've got that, the goddess truly understands it's all about this experience right now. So being able to master all three gives you a life that is the life everyone's running after. And you then become the person everyone wants to talk to with, talk with and pick your mind. And like, how do you do that? And why, how are you like this? And it just, it's magic is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, no, I can feel that. Uh, And I love what you said uh, very briefly, but also in the Facebook that I was stalking you on in in podcast prep um really just the the idea of if i stop it will all stop uh yes. and that's such a hard mentality to get people out of especially when they're starting a new business or and i know i'm very guilty of this is like i feel in flow state so i go 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 and when i have those off days or those days where i'm like okay slow down you did you did, you crushed this week you, you need to just chill. It's like, my mind's like, what else can I create? What else can I do? What else can I do? And I know I'm a creative being, but I also know it's because I don't, there's something off where it's the, it's coming from a fear of if I stop, it will all stop. So I, I think that that's really good that you said that. And is that the same thing? It's just getting back into alignment with goddess. Yeah, because the beautiful thing with women, and these are the terms I'm using. So if you, you know, if yeah. women are like, oh my gosh, they got up. Like just your femme <laughs> fatale, your, your sexy, be sexy. Like where are you sexy? Are you alive in your life? Like that light inside of you that shines or it's not because it's so busy lighting everybody else and, and trying to figure out little dark pathways in the dark. Like, are you shining your light in the world? That's your goddess. So whatever you want to call her, like, right. I call her the goddess, but don't get stopped by that. If it's too mushy for you. Um, that's just the way I, I explain her, but women have this amazing thing 
where we can literally co-create with the universe. We are, we are, we have a universe inside of us. Like there is a life creating machine inside you. How crazy is that? You are, you are the most connected thing to the universe there has ever been. You have a universe inside of you. Your ability to create with the universe is unparalleled. Like there is magic. So what do you want to do with that co-creation? If you are consistently in your hustle mode and all it is is hustle, you are not co-creating with the universe. You are saying, don't worry, I got this. I'll do it all. But when you're in your goddess mode, you've got the manifestation powers because we manifest with our emotions. The law of attraction is that you attract what is vibrationally aligned with what you are. So you don't attract what you want or else we'd all be millionaires. <laughs> right? You don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. So you just keep attracting perpetually more of who you are. That's the universe's sign of this is what you are accepting in your life. So this is what you're getting more of. So when you find a way in your life to understand that your vibrational frequency, your feelings, your joy, your pleasure actually sends out an electromagnetic field that brings back to you the physical equivalent of what you feel, you start co-creating your life with the universe. If you're only in hustle mode and you stop, it does crash. You've got to be able to have a like you've got to be able to have both. I'm working hard. I go first and the universe like meets me where I am. I go first and then the universe meets me. And then then I get help. I'm then co-creating. But if I'm just hustling, I'm just telling the universe, don't worry, I'm good. I've got it. I'm going to just keep working my, my tail off and never stop because I've got this. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the goddess has a flow with her, her badass and her boss. And it's like when you're, when you're able to, to juggle in that, there's days where you're on the ball and there's days when you're not. And people are blown away by the way that you're not working. What? You took a day off? That's so inspiring. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So you can get away with everything because it's what people want. If you're happy and things are working, you're being who people want at the very core. What do we want? We want all the success in the world with all the time we need to enjoy it. If you're just in your hustle, you get all the success in the world. Not much time to enjoy it. If you're free, but you live in a tent on the side of the road, that's not exactly free. So we want both. So in order to have both, we've got to be operating in both the soft part of us and the tough part of us. And the times have changed. People are not so interested in a a company anymore. They're looking for a person and a story. People want to feel connected to people. They buy based on feelings and inspiration and alignment. Thank God. Jeez, I'm so over these horrible advertisements. (laughs) I know the oh, worst. Man. I mean, they'll always be there, but it, gosh, it's just nice to see some more depth happening. <laughs> yes, I agree a hundred percent. Man, uh, yeah, I think it's so true. Is it's um, I was, and I really do want to talk about uh, abundance really quickly, and yeah, for the kind of concept of like abundance, what does that mean? Whether it's money beliefs or whether it's your own constriction holding things from happening. How often have you seen, I mean, I guess it's always when fear prevents abundance and what's kind of one of the first steps that you do with your, with your clients and with your coaching that helps people get out of that fear mentality so that they can experience abundance. Well, one thing that's for sure is that it's a journey because 
however old we are at this moment, we've taken this, this many years to craft who we are right now. So you don't get to just destroy that identity in one second. So it is a journey. But one of the first important things is just, just a difference in heaviness, a, a, a small perspective shift that takes things from being extraordinarily heavy to not. Like, for example, when I'm afraid, the definition of fear is anticipation of pain. So I fear pain. I fear that pain is coming. I'm anticipating that pain is coming. I can only anticipate something that hasn't happened yet because once it's happening, it's not anticipation anymore. So I can only feel fear until I'm actually doing the thing I'm afraid of. Then I'm either in pain or not in pain. So my ability to tolerate pain is what actually dictates my success. And you get, and what is it safe to say you, that's why people become more high risk because <laughs> they, they, fail and then it's like oh that wasn't that bad and I'll do it again for sure and I'll do it again like when when you stare the worst thing that could ever happen to you right in the face and you survive it you're like all right screw it bring it what's next (laughs) bring it yeah just bring it yeah because fear is just I don't want to feel pain I don't want it to hurt I just don't want to be embarrassed and what if I try it and it doesn't work and that that is just I'm afraid I'm going to feel pain and it's not even sure that you're going to feel pain because if you knew for sure you were you were going to feel pain you wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's that I might feel pain. So the, the easiest perspective shift is what if instead of saying, what if it doesn't work? What if you just said, what if it works? And then see. What if this works? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's just as much possibility both way, except the one's going to cripple you till it happens. And one's going to keep you curious and in action. Yeah. And it's same for whether business or relationship or, Yes. You know, experience or travel or yes, job opportunity, all of it. It just applies to it all. All of it. I've got women who are like, I can't say that to my husband. What if he thinks I'm stupid? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love mantras, of course. I think we all have some mantras in our life that we speak to ourselves or we say daily, you know, one of my favorites is I am powerful and we, I have these little patches that when somebody completes the challenge that I run, the nutrition and fitness program that I run, they get these little mantra badges. Um, would you say, I just thought of this, but is there a mantra for like, if I said for the boss, what would be the first mantra that popped in your head? The mantra for the boss would be, Mantra for the boss would be, I create my financial success. I love that. What about for the badass? I'm a warrior. I act in spite of fear. Yes, I love warrior. Uh, And for the goddess? I'm going to be okay. You know, my current one is I am safe. Mm. I love that. This is awesome. Uh, And so you have a couple of different programs. So explain a little bit. And then I have a question about your spirit animal that I can't wait to dig into. (laughs) Okay. So right now, Femme Fatale is the, the program of the goddess. And as far as my programs go, Alpha Femme is a triangle. My ideal, when I work with my one-on-one client, because most 
what I love the most is my one-on-one coaching. Um, they get the full fem, they get the full alpha fem experience. So we coach on your business, your mindset, your relationship while we're coaching together. So that is like for any woman who's really playing a big game in their life, the type of women I work with are leaders of leaders. So it's a very different thing to be leading a follower versus leading a leader. Leading a leader is like if you've got you've already got clients of your own. You've got people who are depending on you. You've even maybe got clients who have clients, right? Or you're a network marketer and you've got a huge downline or you run a business with employees and clients. Like if you're a leader in your life, you're my ideal client. So I work with women in leadership positions who want to be leaders of leaders. That's who I work with. So if you're there and you want to learn femme fatale training, like alpha femme training, that that is something that you would be able to do, but you'd contact me and we'd set up a consultation. Um, for the programs I have, Boss Vibe is full right now. Impact Academy is full right now. That's the Boss and the Badass training. But the Goddess one runs July 1st. And it is outstanding, this program. And honestly, it's the one I would always start with anyway. So if you would like to do this one, it's a two-week program. I run it in a closed group, so it's interactive. I do all the calls on Zoom, so you can join live if it's in a time that it works for you. And if not, the replays go right into the group. It's hands-on. You can post your questions. You get a lot of support. It's two weeks long. And um, it's going to be $333. But anybody who buys it through your um, your podcast gets it for $250. So if they want to make sure to just tell me this is where they found me, they would get it for that. That's wonderful. Um, I think that this has been so fun and so different than any podcast I've done. And of course, that's the best part is I'm walking away from it feeling very inspired. And it's just you've done a really great job with your programs and with your explanations. And it's true. It's I think uh, everyone's so focused on the badass and the boss because it's it's the sexy and it's the appealing and it looks good and it's it's inspiring. Right. But I think the goddess and this yes. kind of female, like I am in my power and sometimes my power is soft and quiet and it doesn't have to talk about being in power. I think that's a really beautiful thing. So, um, this is awesome. I'm really glad we connected and we will have so many more conversations. I am sure I am excited. I'm definitely trying this, uh, goddess program because I need some more goddess work in my life. <laughs> That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> um, so I ask all my guests before I close out what, if you know, uh, and if not, that's okay. If we can just get it on the list and I can help figure it out is your spirit animal. So, so <laughs> I have a running joke that Mac- French macaroons are my spirit animal, but I don't, <laughs> are you French by the way? I, yeah, I'm French Canadian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't actually know what my spirit animal is, apart from French macaroons. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Have you had any inclination of like an animal that you really relate to, or that shows up a lot in your life? Um, and that's kind of, I'm just saying this rhetorically, because I know somebody will ask, how do you find your spirit animal? So that's the first question I ask is, uh, do you have you ever like seen an animal and you just were really drawn to it and you didn't know why? And if you haven't, that's okay because it will start to show up. There's, it'll come up soon in your life if you ask for it. I would say that hummingbirds and butterflies have been the biggest in my life. That's mine. I'm a hummingbird. Really? Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's amazing. Yay. Well, that's that's cool. I'll send you Hummingbird and you can see if it's yours as well. Uh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, something that flies, I think, is perfect for you. Most people, I feel like most people in your groups and the uh, programs you run are most likely winged animals in some way. I love it. I love it. Yay. Well, thank you so much. Well, one for... of my favorite quotes, actually funny, I'll just end on this with you, is my, one of my favorite quotes is, what if I fall? But darling, what if you fly? That's, that's actually one of my favorite quotes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Well, you're definitely, hey, I'll send you both a butterfly and hummingbird and you can let me know if Perfection. one of them speaks to you. <laughs> thanks I'm for, excited. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is so great. I, uh, for my own my own selfish reasons wanted you on and I know that people are going to love you. So thanks for making the, making time to be on meathead hippie today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So I'm often asked, does, does this same knowledge apply in same sex relationships? Like what if I'm bisexual? What if I'm a lesbian? Can I still use the alpha femme method? Can I still use this trifecta? And I think the most important thing to remember is that above all, we are women first. And my trifecta is based on women, all women. This is what we need. We need to have a part of us that's earning cash. We need to have a part of us that's got discipline, honor, and integrity. That when she says she's going to do something, she does something. She conquers her fear. She does her things. And there's a part of us also that's magical and sensual and and just sexy as, as all get out. And those three parts of us, those create the woman. So, you know, so many times that I, I almost find it funny. There's women out there going, you know, I should just be a lesbian. It would be way easier. You think? Ask lesbians. They go through the exact same thing. Like, I, I don't understand why I've got to be the the one who who runs after her all the time. You know, she she's never, you know, I don't want, I want to be chased sometimes. I want to be romanced. Every single woman on this planet has, has all three of these parts. Whether one of them has it in more of a pronounced, you know, if this is more, I'm more goddess, I'm more boss, I'm more badass. Maybe we have different ratios of it, but we definitely have it all. And knowing how to really um, create each of those parts to be, you know, very important to be the, the, the priority in our life. Like, how do you prioritize these three identities? When you learn to do that, your life changes. So for me, when I'm working with a woman, what's important for me is to see, does she have these three parts in check? That's what matters the most. Whether we're straight, bisexual, lesbian, it does not matter. It is the exact same makeup of those three areas of our life that creates us. You know, whether you're a tomboy, whether you're extraordinarily feminine, whether you're the perfect mix of both, whether you're a businesswoman, whether you're just, you know, a queen of your word or whether you just want to attract things effortlessly, these are the parts of you that are that are needed. So when I'm running Femme Fatale, it's all about the goddess. And my other programs are more about the boss and the badass because, you know, it's it's, it's the era we're in right now. Women are are really stepping into their power. So that's basically what it is. You know, it doesn't really matter what your makeup is. It doesn't matter how much of what you have more of. All these three parts are important and... To answer the question, yes, whether 
Whether you're straight or not, it's the same makeup. We're all, we're women before we're anything else, so that's my answer to that. 